Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Today's Great Conversation, we're going back into the Australian Classics Book Club. The Aussie Classics Book Club is a monthly exploration of Australian writing. It features a panel of authors, editors, publishers and critics, and it's a way to go back and look at some greats of Australian writing. Now, today's book club features Jane Pearson, she's a senior editor at Text Publishing, and Dr. Brendan Nile, who's one of Australia's foremost biographers. Uh, And together, we are going to be discussing Henry Handel Richardson's Myself When Young. I'm Andrew Popel, and every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. We record on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, and I acknowledge the traditional custodians, their ongoing connection to land. It's land that was never ceded. Now, Final Draft explores the best of Australia's books, writing, and literary culture. And in the Aussie Classics Book Club, we're looking back, we're going to learn more about that culture and how it influences our reading, even today. And the Great Conversations podcast is a chance for you to hear more of the discussion, get the bits that don't make it to radio, and dive deeper into the books that you love. If you know someone who loves literature, then why not share the podcast with them? Books are always better shared. You can't have a book club by yourself. And together, you can join the discussion, hit subscribe, and you'll get a new episode every week. Myself When Young is the story of Henry Handel Richardson's early life. It is a memoir. It is an impressionistic uh, exploration of the late 19th century in Australia and her life as she travels from Australia to Leipzig, where she trained as a pianist before becoming an author. I'm joined by Dr. Brendan Nile and Jane Pearson, and together we're going to discover more of Henry Handel Richardson's Myself When Young. My name is Andrew Popel, and if, uh, if you're keeping an eye on your calendar, you know that it is the last weekend of the month, and it is time for us to discuss, to discuss a classic of Australian literature in a segment that we, uh, we've cleverly named the Australian Classics Book Club. Joining me today in the book club is Dr. Brendan Nile. Brenda is uh, one of Australia's foremost biographers, and in 2004, she was awarded the Order of Australia for Services to Australian Literature as an academic, a biographer, and a literary critic. Brenda, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. A pleasure to be here, Andrew. And also joining me is Jane Pearson. Jane's a senior editor at Text Publishing. Of course, text have the text classics range, and this is where we, uh, we draw our Australian classics. Jane, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. Now, today, without further ado, we are, we're going to be discussing one of the greats of Australian letters. Uh, we've got Henry Handel Richardson's Myself When Young. Now, before we get into the book, Jane, because can you give us a little bit of an insight into who Henry Handel Richardson is? Yes, well, I'll, I'll try, Andrew. Um, in some ways, she uh, perhaps doesn't even need an introduction. She's arguably... Um, one of Australia's, if not Australia's greatest novelist. And I think uh, lots of people, particularly people listening now, will be um, well familiar with um, uh, her novel, The Getting of Wisdom, and also um, The Fortunes of Richard Marnie. Um, She was... We know her, everybody's heard of her as Henry Handel Richardson, but she was actually born Ethel Florence Lindsay Richardson. Um, she hated the name Ethel um, and Florence too, I believe. Um, so I guess it's no wonder at some point she changed her name. But she was born in Melbourne in 1870 um, and had um, a very, very interesting childhood. Her father died when she was quite young, about nine years old, and that brought about quite a change in the family's 
circumstances. Her mother was very resourceful and got a job as a postmistress and she and her daughters lived in various country towns in Victoria. Um, then um, Etty, as she was known then, went off to boarding school in Melbourne um, and then at, at after school to Leipzig to study music where she met her um, husband, George Robertson. And they lived in Melbourne for a time and then back in Australia. She wrote her amazing novels. Um, as you read this, um, this memoir, you see where a lot of the material for those novels came from. Um, and she uh, died in, in Melbourne in 1946. So she's had, uh, she's had quite a life and you get a really wonderful insight into that life in this uh, in this memoir of her early years. Thank you, thank you for that introduction, Jane. Now, before I let you go, I was wondering, though, uh, we, we discussed the getting of wisdom in the Australian Classics Book Club, I believe it was last year, so people can listen back to that. Um, what was the process, though, of bringing Henry Handel Richardson into the text classics uh, range? Oh, well, look, I, I think uh, with the getting of wisdom, we had, of course... Um, her work is out of copyright now and um, we had brought the Getting of Wisdom into the text list uh, many years ago, long before I um, worked at text. And as we were preparing the, um, the text classics and looking at the, you know, the, great, the great novels that we wanted to include, I think she was pretty much top of the list. So um, we would have kicked off, I think... Um, pretty early on with the getting of wisdom. We also have the fortunes of Richard Marnie um, in the text classic series, which is, is fantastic because um, that's a great, big, long, wonderful novel that um, might not be otherwise available because great, big, long novels are quite difficult to keep in print. Um, this one... Uh, gosh, I think we just... You know, it was just always looking for other great works, novels and memoirs, autobiographies for the text, text classics and this seemed like one that just had to be there. And look, you know, you start reading it and from the very first line you know you've got a pretty amazing woman here, quite a character. Um, she's She has a wonderful sense of herself. She's very um, forthright, sometimes quite brutal, um, and this reads as a lovely kind of wander through her past, written at the very, very end of her life. In fact, she didn't finish it, and it's almost as if she stopped mid-sentence when she gets to where it finishes. She's writing right at the end of a, a wonderfully interesting life and bringing a great sensibility to these early years. Um, it's really, I'm, I'm really proud that we've got this in the text classics because it's perhaps one of her works that is a bit lesser known, but an absolute delight to read. I've got joined by Dr. Brenda Nosh. She's one of Australia's foremost biographers. You've written the introduction to the text classics, Henry Handel Richardson's Myself When Young. Now, it struck me both from your introduction, but also Richardson's writing that she, she was a reluctant writer of her own life. And... Myself When Young was written sort of in the in extremists' war raged over the skies of Britain. I wondered what can we make of her state of mind and her intentions when writing from this? 
Well, one one factor, I think, was that she knew she had by then, uh, in later life, had experience of great success with the fortunes of Richard Marnie, though her earlier books had not become so well known. But she had become a celebrity. She she had people wanting to interview her. She read the inter- she read the results of the interviews, and they often made her pretty annoyed because they got her so wrong. So one impulse towards telling her own story, I think, was to get it right, to get it down before some before she died. She knew she was dying, and she wanted she wanted her real self to be known rather than the inventions that she so much. Uh, was so much annoyed by in both British, American and Australian versions. She wanted to be in control. She was a very strong woman, in many ways, I suppose, a difficult woman, a generous woman, but also someone who, who was pretty um, formidable. Mm. And she, she just wanted to say it was like this. Mm. So what you're describing there, I think a lot of people would recognise as celebrity culture where uh, the, the, the media are constantly interpreting and reinterpreting and trying to read a person who is in the spotlight. Um, and we take it for granted now, but I wonder whether there is something particular about Henry Hundle Richardson's output, her novels, her books, that made her very keen to, to make sure people got it right. Because as, um, as Jane mentioned in her introduction, there is, there is so much in her books that people read as being her, being yes. aspects. Um, was it particularly important for her, for her output, that things weren't misinterpreted when they read the books? Well, I think quite, quite a lot, probably. Um, for one thing, there was the question of the name that she wrote under. She wrote under the male pseudonym, Henry Handel Richardson. But as, as she got better known, uh, that fiction, that mask that she called it, the mask that she hid behind, that really was removed from her and was known that she was a woman. Uh, she was often addressed as Henrietta, which which drove her crazy. Henrietta was not what she wanted at all. And um, she wanted to talk about the reason that she took the pseudonym Henry Handel Richardson instead of her real name, Ethel Florence. It was partly because she didn't like the name Ethel, and one can't blame her but also because in the early part of her writing life, she wanted a distance between the writing and the writer. She didn't want it assumed that, that her first novel, uh, which was set, set in, in Leipzig, the musical culture of her, her early years, uh, a novel called Morris Guest, she didn't want that to be interpreted as her own experience. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a culture that she knew. Uh, some of the feeling was feeling that she had experienced herself, what she called obsessive love, being in, in love with someone who was not in love with her. Uh, and she also wanted to tackle themes which were not, in in the context of the times, not particularly ladylike. Mm. There is there is an anecdote uh, in myself when young where. And I believe this conversation is between herself and her husband. So it's an anecdote from later in their relationship. And she does jump around, but she talks about her, her passions and um, she comments on, on something about being an inexperienced colonial 
Uh, and her interlocutor, who I, I, I may be wrong with, her husband, uh, talks about her wealth of emotional experience and lived and lived life, which she saw as a revelation for the way Morris Guest had had flown off the pen in a way that she was feeling uh, blocked at that time of writing. What can we make of, of, I guess, the different ways that Henry Handel Richardson lived her life, her emotional life, versus the the pure factual biography of it? I think that's a very interesting exchange between husband and wife. When Henry, Henry, let's call her Henry, said in a moment of um, loss of confidence, perhaps, she said, I don't know how a little colonial like me could hope to write a story uh, set, set in another country and where the main character is a man, Morris Guest, who is hopelessly in love with with a beautiful but indif- woman who is indifferent to his his love, she in turns in love with somebody else. Anyway, what Hen- Henry said was, "How could a little colonial like me tackle a theme like that?" And her husband said, you, "But you you are very experienced emotionally." Mm. But she had she had experienced in her short life at that stage. She was quite young. She had experienced a great deal. And it seems that in her reflections, that that was a revelation to her that she could and had been drawing on those emotional experiences, perhaps even subconsciously, in in her life and in her work. I wonder what to make also of of her intentions in writing myself when young. One thing that that jumped out at me from very early on is this is is quite episodic and. Um, we'll, we'll stick with your convention of calling um, Henry. I won't. I won't go on with Richardson. Henry, Henry um, is always talking about markers in her life. We moved to one place or another, and then saying not much of it has stuck out for me except for. And then she'll relate an anecdote. So she she jumps around impressions, and it's very episodic. Yes, um, what, what, it is. What did you make of that storytelling style, and, and what she was prioritizing, and what she felt needed to be told? I, th- I think she she wanted the relationship with her her parents to be understood. Mm. Um, her father her father's breakdown, the effect on the little family. She had one sister, so it was a, a total family of four in Australia in Melbourne. Uh, the effect on the children, her, herself and her sister, of her father's decline in health, which really was whether whether it was due to syphilis or whatever. Is not quite known. Diagnoses in those days are a bit, a bit um, vague. Uh, but it was like he was demented, really dementing, and embarrassing to his daughters. His behaviour became became unpredictable. His his career as a doctor declined, and he was finally taken to a mental asylum, which his wife couldn't bear. And she managed through a lot of efficient lobbying to get him released from the Kew Mental Asylum into her care where he died. And Richardson Henry is very honest about her feelings of deep embarrassment about his behaviour in public, his, his dementia, and he was a burden, really. And when he died, with her usual candour, she said in many ways his death was a relief. 
and I think that some of the later later incidents in our Australian childhood, which are described, show a lighter note, a love of the Australian landscape, the, the pleasures of an Australian country town, uh, the effect, not pleasure exactly, but um, her school days at what is now uh, Presbyterian Ladies College in Melbourne, PLC, uh, the ups and downs of that. She falls in love again a couple of times. The, these are things... I suppose a history of her emotional, her early emotional life is there in myself when young, in the things that she chose to write about. It's a very short book, and it's a question of priorities. What, at the end of her life, did she want to be on record? She also frequently uh, muses, I noted, that um, on the the impressionistic uh, sort of nature of youth, the malleability of the young brain. And she, she does this quite often when talking about literature that she's loved and the impact that it's had on her later, her later life in letters. I wondered also if, if that was something of what she was sharing in myself when young, uh, this idea that youth is not as important as a as a linear stage of of causes and effects but the very important impressions that are made that then become a part of the adult that we are and and in this case a a very well well written very famous adult coming to the end of her life um, and as you said these are the things she wanted on record i think yes i think that that's right andrew that she didn't want a linear approach she, she, she wanted to look back on her childhood and take from it the experiences that she believed were formative in her life as a writer and as a woman, uh, a wife, her, her love for her husband, um, her husband who seems to have been, in a way, um, take a very, a very large part in her development as a novelist. She needed encouragement. She even needed um, cash because the fortunes of Richard Marnie, the trilogy for which she is best known, uh, culminates in the superb part three, which she couldn't get a publisher for. Her husband had to subsidise it. It became a tremendous success in the state, in the United States particularly, and it, it's the one that gave her her great reputation. But publishers were wary of it in that period, depression years, when people didn't want to read sad stories like The Decline of Richard Marnie. But when it was published, it went into edition after edition and has never never been forgotten. But her husband was instrumental in that. His faith in her made him tell the publisher to go ahead that he would subsidise it. So that, that publication, the support of her husband, is something I think that she, she wanted that to be very much part part of her autobiography, uh, that um, intellectually they were very much uh, in tune with one another. She could talk to him about anything, and he always made her feel that she could do it. The little colonial that she had been could be a major writer. And so, of course, we come to the books, and there was one uh, quote that I've, I've taken out of myself when young, that really got me thinking about what I was reading and, and where it sat. And uh, it was when she said, I still distrust having to talk about my books or hold post-mortems on them. Um, and while the books are all most definitely 
discussed and mentioned in myself when young. In no way is is she trying to say, look, here is here is an unequivocal reading of any given book. Do you feel though um, that myself when young is an attempt to engage with the books and engage with future readers who are going to be interested in not just the books but Henry Handel Richardson and her role in creating them? Well, I, I think she knew very well that there was going to be a biography. Many biographies have been written now, but the, the, there was one very much in the offing uh, by the Australian critic and writer Nettie Palmer and uh, to, well, to fend off Nettie Palmer's interpretation was one motive, I think, as well as, well as the more general motive of wishing to be understood and to show myself when young, the young woman who was to write these books. She doesn't do a lot of lit crit stuff about her novels, she took, but she does talk about the kind of emotional experience that somehow, by that mysterious writerly process, went into the into the books that she that she was to write. She was an early starter. Mm. Her books, um, she didn't really abandon the music, the idea of the musical career, easily. And uh, her her novels, written in her thirties, forties, fifties. She was born in eighteen seventy, and um, it was th- through from about um, World War World War One through through the 20s that she she was producing her her major work. So it was an unexpected kind of career. It wasn't wasn't the first one she thought of. She thought she would be a a concert pianist. That didn't happen. And with her husband's encouragement, she turned to literature and found that her great pleasure, I think she says it's, a great pleasure became that of pondering over words, the right word in the right place. That was her great pleasure, and that that was her sense of herself as a novelist. I'm joined by Dr. Brendan Nile in the Australian Classics Book Club, and we are discussing the life of Henry Handel Richardson in her memoir, Myself When Young. Brenda, thank you so much for joining me. I have... What I hope isn't an obtuse question, um, if you if you can answer it, uh, when when this was first uh, decided that we would be discussing this for the book club, I thought to myself, myself when young, I that phrasing sounds sounded somehow familiar to me. So I, of course, it's you know 2019. I punched it into the Google machine, and, and it immediately comes up with um, the the classic Middle Eastern poet Omar Khayyam, um, myself when young did eagerly frequent doctor and saint and heard great argument about it and about, but evermore came out by the same door as I went in. Is <laughs> this a coincidence? Is there any connection with the title of the book that you're aware of? Uh, well, the idea of, of going into the, into the door and coming out at the same, mm-hmm. same door as she went in sounds, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Myself when young, the phrase, the phrase goes with the idea of the book, which is which ends. It would have ended later if she'd lived longer. She, the pen dropped from her hands quite literally mm. in mid-sentence. It would have been longer. She finishes with the time of her marriage. At that stage, her her literary career hadn't even started. It had been foreshadowed, but she doesn't. She didn't have time, if she ever meant to, 
to write about the books. So she writes about her childhood in Australia, her discovery of England uh, and Europe, Germany, Leipzig, the life of, of a music student, and her, her marriage, which took place in Dublin with um, sponsorship of relatives there, and her relief, really, extraordinary, in the way she writes about her husband, that she was safely married, as if the husband was her security, as indeed he certainly was. That's where the book really ends. It doesn't end with her talking about a relationship with publishers or her um, the creative process, which a lot is known about through her letters, but it just it just stops. She couldn't write any more. Whether she would have, whether she needed to, is another question, because the the origins of her creativity, the origins of her emotional life, seem all to be there very early in in. in um, her father's life, his decline, his death, her mother's uh, very brave success in making a living for her daughters as a postmistress, taking a job when women, middle-class women like that didn't take jobs, uh, her relationship with the mother, which was a bit abrasive at times, and but also she admired her mother tremendously. Her mother was her security, and then her husband became her security. She needed, she needed a great deal of support. And yes, she was a very strong woman. Uh, she was a formidable woman, as I said before. And um, her household revolved around her and her books. Mm. So myself, it's all there, in a way, in myself when young. Perhaps tantalizingly short. One might like, like a little bit more of it. But as it is, it's a wonderful evocation of an Australian childhood of a most unusual kind, and yet a very Australian one. Very few people have written about country town life or school life in Melbourne, as she has. And, of course, the Henry Hannah Richardson trilogy takes an enormous amount of Australian life from the early days, her father's period, through to her own. That's it for this great conversation in the Australian Classics Book Club. I want to thank Jane Pearson and Dr. Brendan Nile for joining me to discuss Henry Handel Richardson's Myself When Young. Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at two SER's Broadway studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. To keep up with the latest in books, writing and literary culture, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can just look for the handle at Final Draft 2SER. Click subscribe in your podcast app. It means you'll get a new Great Conversation every week. My name is Andrew Popel, and I will be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. Until then, happy reading.